Welcome to the Bible Answer Show, a live and lively forum that brings together pastoral and apologetic voices from across the Christian community to answer your scripture questions. Our show is hosted by Pastor Michael Lance of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, along with a panel of pastors and other invited guests. The phone lines are open now. So, you've got questions, we've got answers on today's Bible Answer Show. Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Bible Answer Show. It's the first live Bible Answer Show of 2017. We're glad that you could be a part of the show. Uh, You know what? And we want to help you out. If your uh, resolution was to call the Bible Answer Show every day, (laughs) we want to help you out. So we're going to do that by when you call the Bible Answer Show at 1-800-227-5278. We're going to answer that call. And we'll answer your question, too. So uh, that's kind of a win-win for everyone, I think. You know, we just like to, to help people out here. At the we're we're feeling resolute to help people with their resolutions. We are. We want, we, we want to help you. <laughs> Let, help us help you. <laughs> My name is Mike Massaro. I'll be picking up your calls and handing them off to our team of pastors here in the room today, starting out with uh, Pastor Coach Chris Van Hook, Pastor Brian Richards, and Senior Pastor at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, Pastor Michael Lance. You guys ready after our uh, little break? Hey, there? Happy New Year. You know, I, I don't think you guys understand how much fun we get to have. Just We always are looking forward to what Mike Massaro is going to have to say <laughs> to start the show. That's, well, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just glad to be able to, you know, kind of speak a little bit now that I've kind of barely gotten over the Black Death here, so I, I can kind of... Glad you got over that. Yeah. We're still kind of working on a little bit. All right, so guys, uh, I know we're kind of, uh, you know, we're starting out a new year here. We're, I, uh, from what I understand, we're kind of day-to-day here on the Bible Answer Show. Pastor Michael, you want to you throw this uh, throughout the lifeline here for the, for the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Mike, we took a venture of faith, uh, I think it's about seven months ago now, and we have had some people uh, supporting the program, but we are still at a critical place to see if we'll keep going in 2017 with the Bible Answer Show. And we we as a ministry, it's been our practice, Mike, and I think you know this being a member of the, the fellowship, is that we don't like to talk about money a whole lot, um, but here we are, and we need to make the need known. So we do need some, uh, some people who are willing to step up and support the Bible Answer Show. Uh, we have people who have, uh, you know, interacted with us. They say the show is a blessing to them. Um, we have wonderful uh, callers that call in, but we do need the practical, tangible support. I mean, radio time is expensive, and uh, we're just going to say if it's on your heart to support us in 2017, if you didn't spend all your money on Christmas mm-hmm. presents at mm-hmm. the end of the year, then you can go to livingtruthradio.org, click on the Donate tab, and make sure you indicate it's for radio ministry. So one more time, to support the Bible Answer Show, livingtruthradio.org, click on Donate, and give what you can, because we want to continue to do this, and we're just going to look to the Lord. We know that the Lord's going to supply uh, His will, but but He does that through His people, and so we're just going to ask you to pray about it, and if you can give, go there today. All right. Well, let's uh, start the show out with uh, Jacob from Norwalk. Jacob, you are on with the Bible Answer Show. Uh, I would like God, I'm actually an ex-Muslim. I met Jesus there years ago through a huge vision, and he changed my life. Uh, and I have a TV, uh, TV live TV program called in. So Muslims uh, ask this question a lot. Uh, uh, what's the faith of uh, the people who had actually 
died before the, the crucifixion of Christ, of Jesus. Yeah, Jacob, good question. And uh, I, I just want to make sure I understood what you said. So you, you have a program where you're reaching out? Yeah, I actually uh, live put in program uh, 12 o'clock uh, uh, California time. Mm. Uh, reach out uh, Muslims all over the world and call in program. They get the chance to call and reason. So uh, that's awesome. But the Lord, uh, yeah, and the it's Lord and actually it... we preaching Jesus in their own living room. So well, that's that's awesome, Jacob, and it's it's wonderful to yeah. hear. You know what what the Lord Jesus has done in your life and how He's transformed your life. And you know uh, when we get this question and we've gotten it before, we talk about the fact that either side of the cross, um, people are saved the same way. People who were saved, for example, at the time of Abraham, had to look forward to the coming of of Messiah, just like we look back. Um, for example, in Genesis 15, it says that Abraham believed in the Lord. I think it's verse 6. And that belief was reckoned to him as righteousness. It's interesting because Abraham was actually asking about an error there. And he was asking, you know, if, if I'm going to have these descendants like the stars of the sky or the sand of the seashore, then he was asking about how is it going to happen? Is it going to be Eleazar? And the Lord promised him that an error would come from his body. But the actual language of Genesis 15 Verse 6 is that he believed in the Lord, and the Lord reckoned that belief to him as righteousness. So I think, uh, Jacob, as, as people are asking the question, well, uh, how are they saved before the crucifixion and the resurrection? It's the same. You must believe in the Lord. Um, the, the Christian message, as you well know, is about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when people hear believe, they sometimes think, well, that just sounds too basic, too simple. Isn't there something that you have to do? But the word for believe is actually a word that means to trust. And implied in the word is that you're going to stop trusting in yourself or stop trusting in man, as Psalm 118 says, but you're going to trust in the Lord. And in this case, you're going to trust in the Lord for the most important thing you could trust the Lord for, which is your soul. Jesus said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, your soul is worth a lot. If somebody came up to you and said, I'll give you uh, $10 million for your eyes, would you give them your eyes for $10 million? This is a question that Ray Comfort often asks. And I think most people would say, absolutely not. My eyes are precious to me. Well, then what would you give for your soul? Your soul is precious. It's important. And so when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, what we're doing is trusting Him and Him alone for our salvation. He is the lover of our soul. He is the shepherd and guardian of our souls, according to 1 Peter 2.24. And so, uh, either side of the cross, Jacob, this is how it works. You must trust in the true God. Now, this is important as it relates to your ministry because people can say, I believe in God. And sometimes when people say, I believe in God, they're saying, well, I believe that there's a supreme being, or I believe that there's, there must be some sort of power that created the universe, because it, it seems like it's hard for me to accept that all of this came from nothing, from mindless, purposeless chance. But the, the God of the Bible says, no, you must trust in me and me alone. And that, that means, and uh, this is a good way to start out the new year, that means entering into a personal 
trust relationship with that God. Brian, when I say that, um, you know, and I know you talk to a lot of people about what it means to have a relationship with the Lord. Where would you go from there? Like, what does it mean to enter into a relationship with the Lord? Well, uh, to enter into a relationship, I, I would go to First John chapter 1, right at the beginning, where uh, the Apostle John says, we, we have seen the Lord, we've uh, felt Him, we've talked to Him, um, and we have fellowship with God the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, and He wrote His letter so that others would be able to share in that fellowship. And so, you know, fellowship has the idea of community, it really has the idea of being part of a family. And having a relationship with God means we're, we're part of His family. We're, we're His child. He's our Father. And just like any other family, family dynamic, you know, we get to enjoy those privileges of, of uh, being one of His children. Hey, uh, Jacob, this is Pastor Chris. Is part of your question what happens to the people, uh, what happens to those who believe yeah. before Jesus? Uh, was crucified, yeah. and what happens to non-believers? Where do they go? What happened to them? Is that part of your question? Exactly, because Muslims, uh, you know, they said, okay, Jesus came, you know, almost 2,000 years ago, and yeah. okay, but there's a lot of people died before. Uh, yeah. That's what I'd like to speak. Uh, I mean, I have an answer, but I would like really to see your take on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, what's the best way to answer them? I, so if you don't mind, that's the exact Sure. Yeah, Jacob, I think the yeah. best place to go in the Bible uh, is Luke 16, Luke chapter 16, because it gives us the idea of what happens uh, to a believer as opposed to a non-believer. It says uh, there were two different guys here, the, the rich man and Lazarus, and the implication is that the rich man trusted in his riches rather than God, but uh, Lazarus was a follower of God. And so it, it shows us that uh, what happened at the time is that um, it speaks of uh, the rich man being in Hades and the uh, beggar being in Abraham's bosom. And what we believe that is through the scripture is two compartments of Hades or what some people call hell. And that this is uh, one was a place of torment and one was a place of peace. And so, um, you know, the rich man is. Uh, trying to say, well, you know, you got to go warn my my brothers here. I don't want them to come to this place of torment that I'm in, and and uh, you know, he's told that that's not possible uh, for him to go someplace else. And even if his brothers were warned by different types of things, it says, uh, um, even. If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, which apparently the, the beggar had, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. And Coach, what's interesting about this uh, story, too, and some people say it's a parable, and some people argue it's, it's a literal behind-the-scenes mm -hmm. look at what happens when one dies. And the rich man here says, Father Abraham. He mm -hmm. cries out to him, Father Abraham, in verse 24. And interestingly enough, to say Father Abraham would mean that the man is a Jew. Mm -hmm. And there was a teaching afoot at the time among the Jewish uh, religious leaders, um, the rabbis and so forth, that said that Father Abraham sat at the gate of Hades and would not allow a Jewish person to enter into torment. 
Mm. That was a teaching they had, and Jesus just blows that out of the water with one little phrase here, Father Abraham. And, and, it, and it goes with your point. The point is this. If one trusts in the living God and not in riches and not in what man can do, not in good works, but puts his full faith in the living God, that's how he ends up in paradise, which I think mm-hmm. would be synonymous with Abraham's bosom, mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who thinks that, you know, hey, I'm wealthy, so I must have God's blessing or whatever the measure may be and ends up in torment here. And the, the frightening thing among many things in this story is that there's no way out. Mm-hmm. No way of escape. So, and, and again, uh, if a person was following the Lord at that time and had faith as Abraham had faith, they would be looking forward to the Messiah. If they studied their scriptures, they knew a Messiah was coming, a deliverer was coming. And, uh, you know, so there was this, you might call it a holding tank until that, that particular time. And I think that answers the question that they would ask you. And the holding place is one major view. That's not necessarily what all uh, Orthodox theologians hold. But Abraham's bosom, if it's synonymous with paradise, that would be, you know, basically being in the presence of God. So whether there was a holding place and a compartment or not, uh, David, Abraham, uh, all of these people that came before the Messiah, think of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when Jesus said, God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob still very much alive. And so you get saved one way, and that is to trust in the true God. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Jacob, I hope you're uh, taking notes on all of this. I know <laughs> I've thrown a lot at you. Uh, keep up the good work with what you're doing. also want to encourage you to uh, look at two chapters in the New Testament. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Look at Romans chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 11 is the chapter on faith. It defines it right in the first verse. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It goes on to describe acts of faith. It it goes back to uh, Abel um, and Cain, Enoch. It goes back to Noah, Abraham. Um, Then it goes through the prophets. It goes through David, all, all of those things, all showing that it's always been faith that uh, makes somebody right with God. And then if you go to Romans chapter 4, Paul gives a specific treatment on Abraham and how he's a prototype really for everyone in the Old Covenant on how to be right with God. Um, So look at those two chapters and then also a a book if you want to go a little deeper on this subject. Um, Robert Sosi has a good book. Sosi, it's spelled like saucy, S-A-U-C-Y, but it's pronounced saucy, and it's called The Church and God's Program, and it talks about salvation from Adam to eternity. All right. If you just tuned in, you're listening to The Bible Answer Show. Uh, you may think this is another recorded episode, but no, we're live today. <laughs> 1-800-227-5278. We're taking your calls, one 800 227 5278. Give us a call. Start out your new year here at the Bible Answer Show. So thank you, Jacob. We got a we got an email uh, from Paul here on Corona, and his question is regarding Micah 2.13 uh, from the King James Version. He wants to know, what does this verse mean that the Lord is a, a breaker, quote breaker? Uh, it seems to imply that he is a good shepherd, but what specifically is he breaking through and why? Well, in Micah 2.13, Paul, if you're listening, um, you know, it's interesting. In Micah 5, there's this incredible prophecy of the Messiah, and Micah 5.2 gives the birthplace of the Messiah. And just to give us a little bit of backdrop on the book, Micah writes about the time of Isaiah, 
So he's a contemporary with Isaiah. So we're talking about 700 years before the first advent or first coming of Messiah. There are some that would say that this points to the second coming or the second advent of Messiah. And uh, if you think about the breaker, um, the, the language I think in the New American Standard is the same, goes up before them. This could point to the fact that he clears the way. Um, John the Baptist actually was one that cleared the way, according to Isaiah 40, to prepare the way of the Lord. But um, I think that it's quite possible that what we have here is him clearing out the obstacles or clearing the way for belief for the remnant. Go ahead. Yeah, I think if you go back to verse 12, you get what the whole context is about. Verse 12, it says, I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. Because remember, at this time they were divided. There was the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. So they were divided. And he says, I'll bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. They, they should have been one people. It says the place will throng with people, and the one who breaks open the way will go up before them, meaning just, I think you hit it there, Paul, that the good shepherd does go before them and leads the way. And how interesting is that? Because, you know, when the good shepherd is leading the way and we follow the good shepherd, it breaks down all the walls of division that we might have. And I think this is prophetic in terms of uh, Judah and Israel coming back together as one nation who's now going to follow their king, their Messiah. He'll pass through before them. They'll be with him. They'll follow him. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Pastor Chris. I was, I was going to say that I, I do see a dual, dual fulfillment uh, in Micah 2.13. The immediate fulfillment would be uh, the people of Israel returning to their land. Passing through the gate would be passing into Jerusalem. And really, their their covenant with God had a lot to do with being in the land. And so being out of the land kind of meant they were out of covenant. And so coming back in was, was very important. But I also definitely see this as a messianic uh, scripture pointing forward to the Messiah, probably his second coming uh, when, you know, he makes a way for Israel and the church to rule and reign forever. There's actually an interesting reference to the Eastern Gate, and it's in the book of Ezekiel. And there's a there's a belief that the Messiah will go through the Eastern Gate from the Mount of Olives and when he f plants his feet there. And so that's an interesting image. And I think, too, Coach, uh, I thought of Psalm 23 when you were talking. Mm, he prepares yeah. a table before me in the presence mm -hmm. of my enemies. And one of the things that a shepherd did was he would prepare... Uh, the pasture land for the sheep and try to, you know, remove uh, all impediments and obstacles and provide a place where they could be at rest and graze and feed. Mm -hmm. And so that is an interesting image as well. And when you think about the second advent, Pastor Brian, that you alluded to as well, you think about the fact that that's what Jesus is going to do. He's literally going to come and destroy the enemies that have been destroying his people. You can look at Isaiah 63, for example, when the question is asked, why is your apparel red? And he said, I trod the winepress alone. And there's a very literal uh, avenging and judgment that's going to come. Uh, you might want to read Isaiah 63 in concert with that as well. So, you know, there's been, obviously for the, the history of Israel, there's been all these obstacles and it's been, it seems like everything and the kitchen sink has come at Israel, mm -hmm. you know, from Egypt to Assyria to Babylon to the Medo-Persian Empire. And you look at uh, the modern pressure that the nation of Israel is under today and even the latest political 
goings on back and forth about Jerusalem and about settlements and and so forth. And it, it just continues to happen. And it is it is really uh, preparing the way when the when the Prince of Peace will come and clear the way, and the eyes of the remnant will be opened, and they will look on him who they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for is, an only isn't son. Isn't it interesting, too, that the example we could look to what it's already happened is when we look at the Exodus. You know, uh, obviously God broke open <laughs> every obstacle that the Jews had and went before them. He went in the pillar of cloud uh, and the fire. And, uh, you know, so we have an example of how God's already done this. Now, before we move on, Mike, I, I want to take a moment to talk about the things that the Lord breaks in our lives. You know, we sing a song, there's a modern worship song, Break Every Chain. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, the mm -hmm. Lord talked about in John chapter 8, um, that if you would follow him, if you'd be a true disciple of his and keep his word, he would make you free. And I just want to take a moment here, guys, because we're here. We are. We're on the. We're on the the. Um, we've already turned the calendar over, and we're entering into a new year. And when you enter into January, it seems like you know uh, the Christmas decorations go down. You might have had a little time off of work, and all of a sudden you're back to the grind. You know, people say uh, they have all their statements right. Uh, back to the grind. Back to the routine. Uh, I heard Greg Laurie, he was sharing a message, and he said, some people see the glasses half empty, some people see the glasses half full, and some people say, oh, man, I got to wash the glass. <laughs> I mean, we can have um, a lot of heaviness and burdens. Some people are excited about the new year, and they have all these resolutions. But look, here's what Jesus wants to do for you. He wants to break every chain in your life. And please, hear what I'm saying right now. This applies to you. And you may be a Christian right now, and maybe, you know what, it's not, it, last year was not a great year for you. And you have felt like, man, I, I'm running with a bunch of weight on my shoulders. And the Bible encourages us in Hebrews 12, guys, to, to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. Hebrews 12 is writing, is being written to believers to run freely, to cast off the weights and it's interesting, Pastor, we were in a meeting this morning with staff, and your wife uh, shared that one of the words that she's uh, uh, got on her heart is focus. And I think it's a beautiful uh, simplicity there where we look to Jesus, we focus on him. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. So I want to I give a, a Bible verse um, for all of us maybe to, to focus on, because I think that this is a great way to start off the year. And it's going to be Hebrews 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2. And basically when it says to fix your eyes on Jesus there, it means the Greek word has the idea of turning away from the things that stumble and turning your eyes and focusing on Jesus. And here's the image that I've had in the past of this. It's the image of a runner, like in a marathon run, and we've, we've seen it before where, you know, he's just about to get the victory and he starts looking back and he's trying to figure out where his opponent is, you know. And as he looks back, he loses focus and he gets passed on the outside. Uh, you guys are pastors. We're entering into a new year. You guys are leading the flock. What would you say to the flock that's listening right now? What word of encouragement for 2017 would you guys have for them? Um, you know, the, the word God's been speaking to me about um, 
is uh, is this uh, taking risky steps of faith, and um, you know, I, I think faith by definition is taking a risk. You're stepping out into the unknown. You have to trust God in an area you're not sure if uh, what you're doing is exactly from Him or not. But you're just saying, God, I'm going to take this step of faith, believing that you know you'll be with me. Um, and, and God's been really speaking to me about that and, and just the simplicity of Jesus's words, um, you know, uh, with God, all things are possible or, um, you know, anything you ask in my name, it'll be done. You know, he, he just gives such audacious claims and, uh, you know, God's just really been speaking to me about just being somebody who takes steps of faith, you know, uh, Hebrews 11 uh, verse six says it's impossible to please God without faith. And so... And in um, that chapter, Brian, some big things were done by folks who took God at his word. Yeah. And, you know, seas were parted, and, and God did incredible things. And and he's the same God yesterday and t- today and forever, which is what it says two chapters later in Hebrews thirteen eight. I think we always, you know, we always say, Lord, your will be done. And I know, you know, that's all what we want. But look, God says, I want you to trust me. And uh, even in Joshua 4, the step of faith that the priests had to take with the ark was a step over their head if God didn't part the river. Hmm. And so I think there's going to be times when, and it, this may be speaking to you right now, where God's been saying to you, you know what, it's time for you to step out. Go ahead, Coach. Uh, you know, I think right along that same line, uh, you know, you're speaking to believers here, but for those of you that haven't yet come to Christ, what is it that's holding you back? Uh, it's time to let it go. I think that's what the Lord would be speaking to you right now. I think so many times people don't come to the Lord because just like Pastor Brian, you said, you're afraid of the unknown. You're afraid of what might happen. You're afraid that you may have to change your life. And you know, the, the thing is, your life will change when you come to Christ, guarantee it. But you don't have to be the one to change it. You allow Him to do His work. What is it that's that's holding you back? Is it intellectualism? Is it uh, your riches, like we just shared, the rich man? Uh, you know, that it got in his way to come to Christ. And and I just want to encourage you today to let that go and to seek God with all your heart and let him show you if he's real or not. I've had people say that to me all the time, and I just tell them this, look, if you're not sure, then you ask God to reveal himself to you, and I promise you that he will. If you truly seek him and you ask him to reveal himself to you, he will. And you will come to that saving knowledge. And Coach, um, since a synonym for the word faith is trust, Trust. maybe that's going to be your word for 2017. It could be more than that, but start with trusting in Him for your salvation. All right. Hey, uh, speaking of breakers, guys, I don't know if you knew this, but I was a breaker in the 80s. You were? (laughs) Yeah, the parachute (laughs) pants. I saw a video of it. Put (laughs) the cardboard down. Oh, wait. A different breaker? (laughs) Okay, never mind. Hey, the Bible Lance Show is produced by Shane Lance and Cameron Thomas. Uh, Special thanks to Joel for uh, screening our calls today in the studio. Uh, Hey, thanks for everyone that uh, called in, Jacob, and uh, everyone that's going to call in tomorrow. We'll catch you live on the Bible Answer Show. Thanks for joining the conversation on the Bible Answer Show. To find out more about the radio ministry, Michael Lance, or the church he pastors in Corona, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, visit livingtruthradio.org. Please tell your friends about us and invite them to join us any weekday here on K-Bright. And if they have questions, we'll have answers on the next Bible Answer Show.